الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولا تتبع الهوى فيضلك عن سبيل الله صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters allah taala blessed us that we had witnessed the mubarak day of eid eid al adha many of you would have performed qurbani others would have been part of qurbani in some way or the other So this was a great gift and a blessing from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala that we were involved in this ibadat and we enjoyed the Mubarak day of Eid. The lessons that this occasion give us we have discussed on several occasions previously but often it happens that when some ibadat has been performed some occasion has come and gone then before that like ramadan we discussed the various lessons the various aspects that ramadan should have inculcated in us when ramadan is gone many a times those lessons also go away with ramadan so likewise eid ul adha came qurbani came we were part of it we practiced it we heard all the virtues of qurbani before the day we heard about the significance of this great ibadat we heard about the lessons that this great ibadat gives us but now that this has passed have the lessons also been forgotten or have they been now left aside until next year this is the reason that we have to keep revising it and refreshing it that it is not a matter of just learning some facts it's not a matter of just understanding some significance for the sake of some academic knowledge the issue is to inculcate the lessons in our life and therefore these ibadats are repeated every year now the issue is not just merely to do something for the sake of doing it so likewise one week has passed now since this great ibadat was performed we need to reflect within ourselves that what have i taken from this ibadat this day of eid came i learned about qurbani and the masail of qurbani and i learned about the significance and the virtues and the lessons what change has all this brought in my life maybe i might not have performed qurbani personally some of us might be too young for that it might not even be wajib on some of us so that is not the point the point is that the lesson was for everybody have i taken any lessons what improvement have i made to my life so what was the main lesson the main lesson there were many lessons and several of those lessons can be all called the main lesson but one very 
central aspect that goes right across the theme of Qurbani, the sacrifice of Ibrahim and the Qurbani that we perform. This very central theme is that of sacrificing one's desires, not following one's desires, but sacrificing it. So this central aspect and this fundamental point of not following one's desire, this is the thing that we have to reflect that to what point have we acquired this? Has there been some change? Obviously, the heights of it, Allah knows best what height we can reach. But has there been even some progress? One percent, half a percent, a quarter percent, some smaller fraction. But has there been some movement forward, some progress? Now, how will we judge? How will we understand whether there has been some progress or not? Let's to take some practical examples. Supposing it was somebody's desire which they used to follow, that they wanted to conduct some aspect of their life in a certain way. For example, somebody was involved in some kind of haram relationship, they are chatting with somebody, involved in some kind of communication which is impermissible. Now that was following desire, because Allah wa ta'ala is forbidden that, but the person is desiring that I should be communicating with somebody, chatting with someone. So now the person is following that desire. Now the day of Qurbani came, we learned the lessons, we understood the significance, we discussed what is this great ibadat all about. Ibrahim was ready to put the knife on the throat of his son, on the order of Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise it was his desire like any human being that he should see his child growing up in front of him. He should enjoy the company of the child. These were all normal human permissible desires. But when the order of Allah Ta'ala came, he did not go on any human desire that was dear to him. He fulfilled the order of Allah Ta'ala. So here also the order of Allah Ta'ala is that this kind of communication is haram. Following our desires in these things are not permissible. So has there been a change? So now one is somebody would now make a complete change. They would stop all these things in their tracks. And Alhamdulillah, Thumma Alhamdulillah, from time to time we get these kind of correspondence coming. Where somebody says, Alhamdulillah, I have made complete toba from all these things. I was deeply involved in these things. It seemed impossible that I would be able to come out of it. But I turned to Allah Ta'ala, I made sincere toba, I made istighfar, I made dua. I followed some of the prescriptions that were given by whoever I was referring to. And Alhamdulillah, these things which I thought were impossible to give up, Allah Ta'ala has made it possible for me to give it up. Now the person has made tremendous progress. The person has learned the lesson of Qurbani. The person has implemented what Qurbani has come to teach us. So this is progress. This is moving in the direction of Allah wa Ta'ala, in the direction of the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. This is 
now implementing the lesson of this great ibadat of qurbani so this is a practical lesson now this is something we need to reflect on has there been that movement in that direction or for example it is somebody's desire that they should be dressing in a certain manner they were following this desire they were dressing in a manner that is not conducive to deen Somebody is walking around the bazaars and wherever else, dressed in any how, hair uncovered, dressed in tight-fitting clothes, and Allah forbid some totally western kind of attire. So, now this is following desire, because this is a desire, that's why a person is dressing in that way. Somebody's desire is, I want to dress in a manner that if Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, she had to come down into the world, she had to come appear in the world again today, she would be happy to see the way I am dressed. So that is somebody's desire, that's a very good desire. So that desire is something which is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala. Because that is in conformance to the way of Rasulullah to the teachings of Nabi Wasallam. So Allah Ta'ala loves that. But one is the desire that is not in conformance to the way of Nabi Wasallam. Somebody desires to be looking like the West. Sometimes people ask this question also. Say that, uh, I want to wear these jeans, I want to wear these tops and so on, but I will wear the abaya on top of it. So, is this permissible? So, in other words, I want to be looking like the Jews, I want to be like a Jewess inside, and on top, just on the surface, I want to be a Muslim. So, inside I want to be a Jew, I want to be a Yehudi, Yehudiya or Nasraniya, and on top I want to be a Muslim. Now, how does this gel? Or some people say, no, I'll just, I just wear it indoors. I don't wear it outdoors, this is okay. I wear this tight clothing, and I wear these jeans, and I wear these tops, and all this kind of immoral clothing. Uh, but I wear it only indoors. I don't wear it outdoors. So in other words, indoors I want to be a person that is like looking like a Jew, looking like a... Christian, I want to be somebody that is a total uh, alien in terms of the way that Nabi Sallallahu taught indoors. Outdoors, then outdoors I'll just cover up something. So is this the desire that is in conformance to the way that Nabi Sallallahu taught us? Is it in conformance to what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with? Now that is somebody's desire, unfortunately, that they want to do that. They want to dress in that way. They want to conduct themselves in that way. Now, it's somebody's desire, for example, that okay, I'll do other things, but I don't want to wear the parda. This is not my... I'm not feeling comfortable about it. I'm not feeling too uh, ready for it, and what not. Now, the occasion of Qurbani came. Now, this is teaching us that we got to come closer to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. That we have to make our desire conform to that which Allah Ta'ala has given us. To that which Nabi Islam taught us. لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ هَوَاهُ تَبَعًا لِمَا جِئْتُ بِهِ أو كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم Nabi Islam has given a direction. And he says that none of you is a believer. None of you is a believer. Until his desires do not conform to that which I have brought. In other words, a person makes his desires conform to the way of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
if it is wholeheartedly conforming, Alhamdulillah, excellent. If it is not wholeheartedly conforming, we'll force it to conform. We'll drag it along. That maybe the heart is not desiring it, but we'll make it, we'll make it conform. Like a child, the child doesn't want to listen to the parent. So the parent then puts some pressure on the child. No, you'll have to do it correctly. You'll have to do it. That what you want to do is harmful. What you want to do is destruction. So we're not going to allow you to destroy yourself. You are going to be forced to do that which is going to benefit you. So the child can't understand it at that time. The child is kicking and crying. This knife, I want to use it. I want to play with this knife. The parent is saying it's very dangerous. You cannot use that knife. So his desire is to use that knife. His desire to play with it. To even feel the sharp edge. He wants to run his finger on it. And the parent is saying you are going to destroy yourself with this. We are not going to allow you. So the parents force the child to conform to what is going to be beneficial. Though he doesn't want to wholeheartedly do so. So our nafs is also like that child. And that nafs always wants to go towards the destruction. That nafs wants to always be in that which is going to be harmful. So now, if that nafs is not coming willingly, we'll force it along. You will come to what is beneficial. <clears throat> you will come to that which is good. We're not going to allow you to do that which is going to destroy. So, now this is the desire that I must dress in this manner. And all this... Uh, kind of games we play with our minds and with our nafs, okay, indoors and outdoors, or outward and inward, inward Yahudiya and outward Muslima. Now, this is not the way that is going to be in conformance to the way that Nabi Islam has given. So now, any case, we are all weak, we all have our weaknesses, we all have our uh, deficiencies, but the question is that when these occasions come, do we make some progress? The minimal progress will be that if somebody is dressing in an incorrect way or somebody has got this indoors and outdoors policy. Now this is a... To put it a little bit, we are talking to students, obviously. When talking out to the public, it's a different issue. But now students have come to learn. They have come to acquire ilm. And ilm is not just facts and figures. Ilm is that which brings us closer to Allah Ta'ala. إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ That those who truly fear Allah Ta'ala, they are only those who have true knowledge. Without true knowledge, they can't fear Allah Ta'ala. We've come to take that true knowledge. We've come to acquire the fear of Allah Ta'ala. We've come to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So therefore, obviously we can discuss certain things in a more direct approach, because this is now a learning process. As students, this can be discussed in this manner. Out in the public, it's a different situation. They obviously have to be addressed a little differently. So, just to understand this now from a perspective of the, as we said, indoor and outdoor policy, an outward and inward story, outside is the abaya and the cloak, and inside is the jeans and the tops, and we're feeling very comfortable that I've got the abaya. So, in other words, outside I'm a Muslim, inside I'm somebody else. Outside I'm following Nabi Wasallam. And inside I'm following the Americans and the British. So from outside I'm a person of Medina Sharif. And from inside I'm New York. From outside I'm Medina Sharif. And from inside I'm London and New York and Paris. But it's the inside that is going to be really speaking on the day of Qiyamah. 
and it's what is right inside, what is right inside deep down in the heart, that is what is making this two-way policy, this indoor and outdoor policy, this external and internal policy, external, the Abaya of Madina Sharif, and internal, the jeans and the tops, New York, what is actually dictating this two-way policy? And maybe, as I said, we're talking to students now, and students, I'm a student also, and students talk to each other, then there is a certain degree of directness. Then you don't go too much around, they say, beating around the bush. So is this not a two-faced policy? How they say this, being a this person is a two-faced person. When we face Nabi Sallallahu would he not say that you were like a two-faced person? That outwardly you wanted to be Madina Sharif. Outwardly you are following me. And inwardly, somebody else. Inwardly you are New York and London and Paris. So, Madina Sharif and New York are worlds apart. Madina Sharif and London and Paris are worlds apart. Madina Sharif is Madina Sharif. If a person wants to go to Madina Sharif, he can't be driving or flying in the direction of New York. He flies in the direction of New York, he'll never reach Madina Sharif. He can keep flying his whole life. He'll go round and round and he'll land in New York. But he can't reach Madina Sharif. So if we, our hearts, now this is the issue of desire, that the two-faced policy or the two-way policy, the two different kinds of uh, practice policy, outwardly something and inwardly something, this is dictated by what is right inside, what is in the heart, what kind of desire is there in the heart. Now that is actually dictating. So outside, the heart is actually desiring that I must be this only. The heart is desiring the jeans and tops. The heart is desiring the way of life of the Yahud and Nasara. But now, I attend Madrasa also, so I go to cover up. I can't show everybody what my desire is. And that's what I'm following really. So I have a cover-up. So the cover-up is the abaya, the cloak, the scarf. But when I don't, I'm not in the limelight, I'm not in the eye of anybody that is going to take notice that what is this person doing, then I'll do what I want to do. So obviously that is not the correct thing. So if this was our desire, deep down in the heart this was a desire. Now Qurbani came and it came to give us a lesson. The lesson is don't follow the desire. So the first, as we're saying, everything takes its cause. Nothing happens overnight. Very seldom something happens overnight. But has there been some progress? So what is the minimum progress? The minimum progress is to be grieved upon why do I have this desire? To feel that remorse within. Astaghfirullah, this terrible thing. Why am I thinking like this? Why do I desire to be New York and Paris and London? Why am I not desiring to be Medina Sharif from inside and outside? We are talking about Medina Sharif, meaning why am I not desiring to be following in the footsteps of Rasulullah and in the footsteps of the Azwaj Mutaharat and the footsteps of the Banatu Salihat at Tahirat, the pure and chaste daughters of Rasulullah and his pure wives. Why is that not my desire? So the least and the first step of progress is that this grief and remorse comes upon that wrong desire, that wrong feeling, that wrong want. I don't want to be this. But why am I wanting, why, I shouldn't be wanting to do this. 
Why am I wanting to do it? I shouldn't be wanting to dress like this. Why am I dressing like this? So the least and the first step is that remorse, that regret. And together with that remorse and regret, at least istighfar over it. Why am I doing this? The grief over why am I desiring this? And istighfar over why am I doing this? So that is the first step of progress. That we are not condoning it in any way. We are not regarding it as good. We are accepting and acknowledging that this is my severe weakness. This is a tremendous deficiency. Allah forbid, if I have to pass away like this, how will I face Rasulullah sallam? Am I, can I then hope to receive his shafaat and intercession? That if he asks me on the day of Qiyamah, what wrong did you find in the way that my daughters, my beloved wives, my beloved daughters, my sahabiyat, what wrong did you find in their way of life, in their way of dressing, in their way of haya, that you left them aside and you wanted to follow the people of New York and London and Paris. What did my sahabiyat do? What answer will I have? So in any case, this is a terrible thing. I acknowledge it's terrible. Ya Allah, you give me the tawfiq of giving this up and you give me the tawfiq of adopting complete parda, complete haya, and not having a two-way policy. Indoor something, outdoor something else. And outwardly something and inwardly something else. Inwardly Yahudiya and outwardly Muslima. No, I want to be Muslima in and out. I want to be Muslima from my heart and in my dressing and in my appearance and in every facet of my life. I want to be somebody who submits to Allah wa Taala. This was the lesson of Qurbani submission complete and total submission to Allah wa ta'ala, that we even start desiring what Rasulullah has given us. That way of life that He has given us, we start desiring that. We want to do it. From within we want to do it. Now initially that desire is not there. We have to drag ourselves along. And to help ourselves get there, to help ourselves to drag that nafs along, that zikr of Allah wa ta'ala, that excessive durud sharif, that istighfar, that remorse and regret over what is wrong, that remorse and regret of being inside New York and London, and in our hearts being New York and London and Paris, and just on the top to be Medina Sharif. No, we want to be Medina Sharif from inside to outside. Every facet of our life, how we conduct ourselves, our eating, our drinking, our sleeping, our walking, our talking, our character, our mu'amalat, our mu'asharat, how we conduct ourselves in public, how we conduct ourselves in private, everything, I must submit to Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and to the way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So then, if now this, some degree of remorse at least has come, this was some examples we took, we took the example of chatting, we took the example of dressing, it's not restricted to these things, anything in that li- for that matter in our life, that is not in conformance to Commands of Allah wa ta'ala, the way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has there been at least some remorse and regret that has now developed in my heart? Not a one-off thing. That one time now I just shed one small tear and forget about it. No, some development of fikr, some development of regret and remorse, that this is what I am doing is wrong. I shouldn't be, this, this kind of attire and dressing 
it shouldn't feature in my life anywhere. And what I'm required to adopt, that should be it. That should be all the time for me. Whether I'm in madrasa, whether I'm out of in madrasa, whether I'm on my way to madrasa and returning home, then to adopt parda, or whether it is holiday, then to adopt parda, whether it's a weekend, I'm adopting parda. So, because this is what the requirements of my dina, or whether I'm in privacy, or whether I'm anywhere else, but my attire is going to be that which Allah Ta'ala is going to be pleased with, which Nabi Islam is happy with, and which is close as possible to the way that Nabi Islam taught, his Azwajah Mutahharat, his uh, daughters taught, his Sahabiyat taught. So this is the Hayat that I'm going to adopt. This is the way of life that I'm going to adopt. So this is the minimum, the first level in any aspect of life that we are detecting that this is also a deficiency in me. I'm not adopting Parada in the way it should be adopted within the family sometimes, with cousins, with others. The least is that this develop, this fikr develops, this concern, this cry in the heart. What I'm doing is wrong, that acknowledgement. And the dua in the heart. Ya Allah, you give me the tawfiq to do that which is right. Ya Allah, you give me the tawfiq of giving up the wrong. This istighfar over the wrong. If this has developed also, it's still far from the destination. But this too, we have learned something from Qurbani. We have learned something from this great ibadat that has come. We have taken some lesson. And now we can build on that lesson and move forward. So when these occasions come, these occasions don't come just for the sake of just uh, that we may enjoy some feasting and be in a festive mood and joyous mood and eat and drink and forget about everything thereafter. No, there are lessons to take. This is the yardstick to judge what we have benefited out of Qurbani. So, Alhamdulillah, the ibadat we performed, Allah Ta'ala accepted. Whatever good we did, Allah Ta'ala accepted. But the implementation of the lessons, this is the crucial factor. And this is what we are going to be asked about on the day of Qiyamah. So this hadith of Rasul, this, this ayat of the Quran Sharif that we uh, discussed or recited that at the beginning, in this ayat also Allah Ta'ala says, don't follow your desires, otherwise this will lead you astray. It will lead you away from the path of Allah wa Ta'ala. Be firm on your desires. And, وَلَا تَتَّبِعِ الْهَوَىٰ فَيُضِلَّكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَضِلُّونَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ شَدِيدٌ That those who go away from the path of Allah wa Ta'ala, then there is a severe punishment for them. So, this is the lesson that we have to keep drumming within ourselves. As we started off on this point, it is not something that just in passing we learn something for the sake of some academic knowledge or just uh, some facts and figures. These are things to be repeatedly discussed, repeatedly thought about. We have to keep reflecting time and again and check within ourselves how much have I taken from this? What have I implemented? Is there some progress? Has some regret come in my heart? Has some figure and concern come? That I should be now giving up the wrong things, I should be moving forward. Then we have, inshallah, achieved something. So may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Alhamdulillah, many people, many people come up and many people write or whatever that I was doing something, I totally gave it up. I have now made this progress. I've 
stopped committing certain wrongs. Now this is the lesson that we should be taking. And not be talking about somebody who, people of our age, people in our kind of circumstances, people in our kind of uh, environments, and some in worse environments, meaning, we, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us being in a madrasa, some who are in environments which are totally opposite. They are in very negative environments, but they take the courage, they take the step forward. And when they take the courage and take the step forward sincerely, Allah Ta'ala's help comes. And in those very, very trying circumstances, very negative circumstances, they then move and progress at a level and at a speed that we can only envy them. But where did this come from? They took the courage. They took the lesson of Qurbani. They didn't just let it pass as something in passing and not don't be concerned about it. They were concerned. They were worried. They had this regret over whatever was incorrect. They had this remorse within their hearts. They were crying to Allah Ta'ala. From their hearts, they were asking for a way out. Allah Ta'ala opened the way out for them. We will do the same. Allah Ta'ala will open the way out for us as well. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun. Waj'alna lilmuttaqina imama. وجعلنا للمتقين إماما وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه جمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين